0: We'll turn to God's Word. Let's pray just uh, as we've sung that little chorus. May that be our prayer this morning, that God would open our eyes and that He would open our ears, that we would hear what the Spirit would say unto us this morning. Father, we just ask for Your help, for Your anointing, that You would speak. Lord, that You would give us ears to hear what the Spirit would say unto the church at this time. Lord, we pray that You give us open hearts, willing hearts, hearts that would be willing, Lord, to obey, Lord, what you would say unto us. And, Lord, we pray you would encourage us and strengthen us in these days. We ask for your help this morning, Lord, to preach your word, Lord, that you would stir our hearts afresh, that anointing, Lord, would come, that you would fill this place with the power of your Spirit, Lord, would you just soften every heart, my heart, would just soften our hearts before you, make them tender and pliable before you, that you can speak, Lord, and we can hear, we ask in Jesus' name. Amen. Amen. We're continuing on in this uh, book of Joel uh, in these Sunday mornings, uh, Joel chapter 2. And if you would turn over there into Joel chapter 2. And I want to finish uh, just last week, if I could, we were speaking on blowing the trumpet and um in the context of the chapter, it was concerning the day of the Lord, that the coming of the Lord is coming, the, the great day of the Lord. And Joel uses some very expressive language to describe the coming of the Lord Jesus Christ. Um In chapter 2 and verse 10, just to pick up a couple of verses there, uh, before we do our reading out of Joel, but just to pick up those last couple of verses, it says, The earth shall quake before them. This is the host of heaven. The heavens shall tremble, the sun and the moon shall be dark, the stars uh, shall withdraw their shining, and the Lord shall utter his voice before his army. For his camp is very great, for he is strong, that executeth his word. For the day of the Lord is great and very terrible, and who who can abide who can abide the day of the Lord? I just want to speak this morning, continuing on with this, discerning the sound of the trumpet. Last week was uh, blow the trumpet, and this week is discerning the sound of the trumpet. If you turn just a few verses, if you keep your finger on Joel 2, we're coming back to it. But just a few verses I want to read this morning. is found in the Gospel of John, John chapter 3. Uh, And then we're going to go over into Romans for a verse. John chapter uh, 3. John chapters 3 and verse 8. John chapters 3 and verse 8. Jesus said, The wind bloweth where it listeth, and thou hearest the sound thereof, but canst not tell whence it cometh and whither it goeth. So is every one that is born of the Spirit. And so I want to draw your attention to the word of the Lord this morning when he says that you hear the sound. You hear the sound thereof in the natural, the wind blowing. You can't tell where it's coming from or where it's going, but you can hear the sound of it. And then Jesus also talks about a spiritual sound that you can hear. And it's the wind of the Spirit of God blowing, and you'll hear the sound of the Spirit and this message this morning is really important. Every message, ever preaches it, because I know that the man will seek the Lord and wait on the Lord and study the Word of God to bring uh, the Word of the Lord as God has laid it on their hearts. But this message, I believe, has a particular importance to it because you can hear constantly preaching But if you don't have the ability to discern the sound, you may go through all your Christian experience or your church attendance of hearing sermon after sermon after sermon after sermon and accumulating knowledge and study in all manners of things. And that's not a bad thing. It's a good thing to study, show yourself approved. But one of the most important things with knowledge is discernment. That has been able to discern what the Spirit is saying to the church. What is the Spirit of God saying to me? And to be able to, to discern the sound of heaven because God works with sounds. God speaks and God looks for a people that will hear. And God, when He finds an open ear and an open heart, He'll speak into that heart and then discerning the voice of God. We have a choice to obey and walk in His way and His blessing. And so discernment, especially in the last days, is crucial for the church. It's crucial to hear what the Holy Spirit is saying to the church. You'll hear the sound of the Spirit of God. You'll hear the voice of God. And the danger is that we can accumulate knowledge. And the Bible says that knowledge will puff up but that we just don't accumulate knowledge and knowing Christ, but we're able to discern what the Spirit of God is saying to us and respond in like manner when we hear His voice. The context of the blowing of the trumpet was the great and the terrible day of the Lord. Now in Romans chapter 13 and verse 11, this is what it says. Romans chapter, if you turn over, 13... And verse 11, that knowing the time, or discerning the time, discerning the times in which we're living in, that now it is high time to awake out of sleep. For now is our salvation, or that is speaking of the rapture of the church, now is our salvation nearer than when we first believed. So we're instructed in the context of the coming of the Lord That we are to discern the season or the time that we are in. In Joel chapter 2 verse 12 then, if you turn back over into the book of Joel. Joel 2 and verse 12, it says these words. Therefore also now saith the Lord, turn ye even to me with all of your heart, and with fasting, and with weeping, and with mourning. Rend your heart, not your garments, and turn unto the Lord your God, for He is gracious Merciful, slow to anger, and of great kindness, and repenteth him of the evil. Who knoweth if he will return and repent and leave a blessing behind him, even a meat offering and a drink offering unto the Lord your God? Blow the trumpet in Zion. That's the second time it's said in the chapter. Sanctify a fast, call a solemn assembly, gather the people, sanctify the congregation, assemble the elders. Gather the children and those that suck the breast. Let the bridegroom go forth of his chamber and the bride out of her closet. Let the priests, the ministers of the Lord, weep between the porch and the altar. And let them say, spare thy people, O Lord. Give not thine heritage to reproach that the heathen should rule over them. Wherefore should they say among the people, where is... Their God. Blow the trumpet in Zion. Sound the alarm in my holy mountain. Now, theologically, Zion is understood to be different places. In the Old Testament, Zion was David's earthly city, Jerusalem. We also understand it to be the heavenly city. Zion, that's your future address. You're going home to Zion. That's where we're all going to be. And then in the New Testament context, we understand it also to be the spiritual gathering of God's people. Now, Israel understood God's people in the Old Testament. Israel understood the significance of the trumpet. They understood that depending on the sound of the trumpet, they were aware of what it meant. How were you to maneuver two million people after delivering them out of Egypt, bringing them across the Red Sea, bringing them through a wilderness, bringing them over into Jericho to conquer the land? How were they to be maneuvered? God would use the simple thing like a trumpet, and the sound of the trumpet would maneuver Two million people and they would understand that different sounds meant different thing. One of the great uh, revelations in all of this is on the great day of Jubilee. When that trumpet sounded with a great blast. That they understood this was a day of liberation. This was a day when debts were clear. This was a day when slaves were set free. That was all a type of what Christ would do on the cross that he would cry from that center cross, it is finished, it was a trumpet blast, and debts are wiped clean, chains are broken, and slaves go free. That's you and me. That's the power of the cross. In Numbers chapter 10, they understood it. Numbers chapter 10 and verse 9, God would instruct them concerning the sound of the trumpet for war. Numbers 10 and 9 It says, if you go to war in your land against the enemy that oppress you, then ye shall blow an alarm with the trumpets, and ye shall be remembered before the Lord your God, and ye shall be saved from your enemies. And so God would instruct them. Israel knew by the sounding of the trumpet and how they sounded it, what God was speaking to them. And they would act according to the sound of the trumpet. You remember some of the great stories. In the Bible, in Jericho, in the seventh day, and the seventh time round, in the seventh day, that they were all to blast the trumpets, and then with a great shout, all the walls would come down. The trumpet played an important part of their culture and understanding God's leading and direction. We see that when David brought back the Ark of the Covenant in Second Samuel chapter 6, and the Ark of the Covenant being a type of the presence of the Lord, And the literal presence of the Lord amongst them, and a type of the Lord Jesus Christ. But when they brought the ark back, with shouting and with the sound of the, it was the trumpet, and it tells us there that when the when the ark was coming back, that David danced with all his might because they rejoiced that the presence of God was in the midst of God's people. The ark of the covenant. We see it with Gideon in Judges chapter six and the three hundred. They had the trumpets in their right hand and to blow the trumpet at the time of warfare and to break the pitchers. And God would give them a great victory. We see it with Nehemiah in that great revival and the rebuilding again of the walls. In Nehemiah chapter 4, there was a small remnant had come back. They were trying to rebuild the walls. They set the families all around those walls, but the enemy was fierce against them. But they knew as a people, how were we by the wisdom of God? How were we able when the enemy came one part of the wall and there's only one family are trying to build that wall? How are we supposed to come and join together shoulder to shoulder, close the gap against the powers of the enemy? How was that? Nehemiah said, him that had the trumpet, he stood beside me. So when the enemy came He would blow the trumpet and direct them to that part of the wall. And in the kingdom of God, that's how we're to direct our prayers. When someone says, I have a need, the enemy's pressing in. There's a gap in the wall. He's running all over us. Then the trumpet blast is blowing. The people of God stand together. And we pray effectively against the powers of darkness. And that's how it's supposed these patterns that were laid out. Israel understood that when the trumpet was blasted, that that was an alarm that they must respond to. The trumpet here in Joel is not only physical in that there would be a declaration amongst God's people, Zion, but this is also spiritual concerning us today. To awaken to what is about to happen. To wake up to what is about to come. There's a spiritual sound. The people had the ability, and here's an important word to discern the sound of the trumpet, the word discern. They were able to discern the sound, and that was critical. It was crucial, it is vital. If you're here this morning, saved and not saved, but I would say to you there's a lot of signs today. There's a lot of signs, there's a lot of voices today. And there's a lot of voices in lives, particularly those that are not saved, but certainly also in the church. There's a lot of voices today. But you need to be able to discern the voice of God. You need to be able to discern what is He saying. You should be able to discern the still, small voice. Because all the voices have influence, don't they? They all have influence on our lives. One of the great spiritual abilities that a man or a woman can have is not the gift of preaching or those types of things which are important gifts, but it is the gift of discernment. It is one of the spiritual gifts that the Holy Ghost gives to the church, the gift of discernment. Now if you turn to Hebrews chapter 5. I want to show you this. Hebrews chapter 5 and verse 12. It's really important. In this reading this morning that we see what Paul is saying. I believe Paul is saying. Hebrews 5 and 12. He says here, For when for, when for the time you ought to be teachers, you have need that one teach you again, which be the first principles of the oracles of God, And are become such as have need of milk and not strong meat. So what's happening here is. He's speaking to a people that have known the Lord. That have walked with God. That know the word of God. And at a time they should have come to a place of maturity. In God. And that they had lived a life for so long with God. But now. What he's saying is that hasn't happened. So what we've had to do is go back again over the simplicity or over the the principles or the oracles of God and give you milk rather than give you meat. There hadn't been a maturity in their life. They're still acting in a childish way. They're still behaving like, like in a childish way spiritually. They haven't grown beyond Just the principles of what it is just to walk with God, to live for God, how we talk, how we walk, how we conduct ourselves, just the basics. Sometimes, you know, we've talked about it often, we just need to get back to the basics. We really just need to get back to what this Christian life is about. How we're supposed to conduct ourselves. How we're supposed to walk. How we're supposed to conduct ourselves amongst the body of Christ. How we're supposed to interact with one another. How we're supposed to talk. How we're supposed to be a steward of our finances. And all those things. These are just the basics. And so what Paul is saying here. For everyone that uses milk is unskillful in the word of righteousness. For he is a babe. What he's actually saying is that you should be a teacher but really what has happened is that you might have a lot of knowledge and you might even be saved for hundreds of years but you're still on the milk in the living reality of what it is to be a Christian. What it is if, 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 if I wrong Jillian or Jillian wrongs me and things aren't right in the body of Christ then the simplicity is that I leave my gift at the altar and I go to Jillian and say, Jillian, listen, I am sorry that I have offended you in any way. Would you forgive me? And Jillian, of course, says, Of course I forgive you. Or if it's the other way about, this isn't the deep things, these are the basics. But now these are somewhere, you know, this this wee town of Balnahinch could do with a dose of the basics. It could do with a dose of the basics. Just what it is to be a Christian. Just what it is to walk with God. Just what it is to put things right when they're wrong. And so Paul's saying then what happens is we're unskillful in the word of righteousness. And so although they might have great knowledge and be able to to go through all the great doctrines of scripture, and maybe time all of us in knots and they might be fluent in the Greek and the Hebrew. and Most of us are just trying to get through on English. But yet the very basics of this, the very simplicity of what it is to be a Christian, they have lost that. But yet in themselves they believe so that they're so skilled in the Word of God. And Paul says, no, but really... Strong meat belongs to them that are of full age. In other words, yes, age as in years, but not only that, but that they've matured in their faith and their walk with Jesus. That they've grown. And it's a wonderful thing to see the grace of God in a life and to see the growth in a life. It's the grace of God that is doing that in that life. And you go, praise the Lord. Because it's a wonderful thing to watch and to see people grow in grace and grow in the Lord and then come to a place where God gives them the ability and their giftings are used and make way for themselves. And you go, isn't that a... That's the grace of God. And then it says, even those by reason of use have their senses exercised to discern both good and evil. In other words, they've come to a place in their life that they're able to make a discernment. It's a gift of God. It's someone who's growing because of their intimacy with Jesus Christ, their walk with the Lord. He's changing their lives. They're being conformed into His image. God's changing them every day. They want to be changed. They want to be more like Jesus. And because of that, there is a discernment that comes in their lives. That they're able to discern the right and the wrong. There's a people in the Bible that says they weren't able to tell the difference between their right and their left hand. They didn't know what they were doing. They didn't know whether they were up or down, in or out. And so this aspect of discernment, often not mentioned, but is crucial, especially to today. The Bible says that we're dis- to discern the body of the Lord. We're, we're instructed as we come to the table of the Lord. We must discern the Lord's body. And if we don't, now listen, I know it's not preached on very rarely anyway, but for this cause, not discerning the body of the Lord, many are weak, some are sick, and many sleep. That's what the Bible says, because there's not a discerning of the body of Christ. In 1 Corinthians 12 and 10, those. Gifts of the Spirit I've already mentioned, but it says to one there's the working of miracles, to another prophecy, and to another the discerning of spirits. And the Bible also says that we're to test or to try the spirits. Do you see how important discernment is? Do you see how crucial and critical discernment is, especially in a day of seducing spirits, lying spirits, false Christ, false teachers? That's what Jesus warned us of. And in that day, then we are to be able to make discernment. We should be able to discern the spirits and to test the spirits and to have a discernment when we hear the Word of the Lord coming. That We are able to discern what God is saying. God speaking, are we hearing it? Are we able to discern the voice of the Lord? The ability to spiritually hear You'll find so often, we have preached it too many times. He that hath an ear, let him hear what the Spirit is saying to the church. In other words, there has to be an opening of that ear by faith. And a heart that is tender and humble to say, God, I want to hear your speaking voice. Brothers and sisters, there's nothing like a speaking voice. Sure, there isn't. There's nothing like it when He speaks to you. When you know that He's speaking to you. Just you and Him. When He quickens His word to your heart. When the Bible, it's a living book. But not just that you're reading it, but then the verse is just like illuminated out of the page. And then you know, He's speaking to me. And He'll speak to you. And that discernment is crucial. Now, Jesus met a lot of men in his ministry Now were very clever men, great men of the law, great men of the book, great men of how to, the how-tos and the don'ts and the why-fors and everything else. And you've often heard the phrase, and we still say we're driving along in the car. Don't say it too often, but you're driving along in the car, it's coming up night nighttime, red sky. And what do we all say? Red sky at night. Red sky in the morning. Sailors warning. Shepherds warning. Sailors and shepherds. Sailors and larn. Of course. That's right. And so we'll, we'll say these things. And they're true. They're in the Bible. Jesus said to these men in Matthew 16, verse 2. When it is evening, evening, you'll say, it will be fair weather for the sky is red. And in the morning it will be foul weather today, for the sky is red and luring. Oh, ye hypocrites, he said to the Pharisees, ye are, you can discern the face of the sky, but ye, but can you discern the signs of the times? Are you able to discern the day we are living in? Unsaved person that, that sits through our meetings week in and week out, probably not by your choice. I get that. You're brought here by your parents. But is there's so many voices that you're listening to, you need to be careful who you listen to. I mean, I wish I'd have listened to my mother when she says, you need to be careful who you're going with or where you're going and what you're listening to. Well, I didn't. And the consequences of that was wreckage. But it's the mercy and the grace of God that saves us. But oh, if I had a listened to the voice was able to discern the company that you keep, the places that you go. How many people are in my boat, by the way? Don't leave me on my own here. And we were warned and we were told, and there's so many voices and influences in our lives to say, no, this is the way. way This is a path of... Happiness and, and sin is so on. They say sin. Sin's so pleasurable. We're going to have the time of our life. It's greener over in the other field. The grass is greener over here. Come on over. And there's the voices and they're the powers of darkness. They're lying spirits. And the purpose of it is to destroy our lives. And someone then of mature age and walking in the faith, like a mother, my mother would have said to us, son, you watch where you're going. Patricia, you watch where you're going. You watch the company that you keep. You watch the places that you go. You watch. You listen. And so we're standing there thinking, what's well, she know. If only I'd have listened to a praying mother, it would have saved an awful lot of wreckage. Because there's a lot of voices. There's a lot of voices that are going to influence our lives. And you gotta be able to discern what's this voice, where's it lead me, and if it what it's saying, is it true? Is it true? And so you gotta, if you're really concerned, if you've a ounce of intellect this morning, just announce, and and that's all you really need, just the ability to God's blessed you with two ears and just a bit of a brain, and you can hear it this morning. Who are you listening to? Who's influencing your life? And then if there is a voice, and it's not just that there's someone standing there, it's, this, it's the persuasion of the influence, then you have to make another decision. What I'm hearing and how I'm being influenced, can you discern where that's leading you, where it's going, and who's behind it? Who's behind it? Well, you have heard this so many times in this pulpit, but the thief comes but for the steal, to kill and destroy. And so can you discern the signs of the times? Can you discern what's happening? Israel knew how to discern the trumpet and what it meant. We grew up in a house that was filled with brass instruments. I mean, every cupboard, kitchens, bedrooms, cloakrooms, hot press, you'd have found a brass instrument, cornets, trumpets, trombones, and tubas. I mean, it was just unreal. I mean, there was just something going on every moment of the day. We we were familiar with the sound of the trumpet. We could hear it. We played it. It started on the cornet, then the trumpet, then ended up in the tuba. And we, we played those trumpets. They were sounded out. Those cornets, those trombones. I mean, no, they just thought we were nuts. We are. Imagine living beside us. But we made a noise. Hopefully it was a pleasant one. I would doubt it. But we would make a noise. you got to hear the sound. And Israel were able to discern the trumpet and what it meant. God works through sounds. One, one, you need to hear this this morning. Because God works through signs. What's the story in 2 Samuel chapter 5? When you hear the sound on the top of the mulberry trees. Israel were waiting on the sign. They could hear it. When they heard the sound then they knew that the move was on. We see that Elijah said to Ahab, get thee up, eat and drink, because the old prophet could hear something no one else could hear. What did he say? There's the sound of abundance of rain. He he knew that there was revival coming. He could discern in the spirit and said to that king, that wicked king, Ahab, you need to get up because there's the sound of the abundance of rain. The Bible tells us in Acts chapter 2 that suddenly there was a sound from heaven. That's the first thing that happened on the day of Pentecost. There was a sound. There was a spiritual sound as the Holy Ghost, as Christ was glorified and the Holy Ghost came on the day of Pentecost and swept over Jerusalem into an upper room. There was a sound from heaven. There's a sound spiritually at this time if you're willing to hear it. Just a couple of weeks ago, with the whole thing going on here with this gas pipe, did you know that running down this alleyway, there is, it's actually just not a lake. There's like nearly a river running down here. We have a river under the sanctuary. And so we're standing around. I just felt part of the council workers the there. There was five of us around a the hole. There was one down the hole. Actually, a wee man come up the, the alleyway and says, Are you in the council too now? I said, Well, you might as well join them. And so he sucked out that hole, and there is a river flowing down underneath there. One of those big drain pipes have been broken, and there's just a gush of water. But before that there was a man came out, I've never seen this before from the water board, and he had a sounding stick. Anyone ever seen that? A strange looking stick, and it opens up at the top, and he's walking up and down the alleyway. And he's standing with this stick, with his ear to the stick, because he's trying to sound out the leak. Where the water is. You know the church need to sound out the river. We need to sound out the Holy Ghost. We need to tune our ears to what God is saying. And not what we think He's saying. And get in line with what the Holy Spirit is saying to the church at this time. And not what we think that He's saying. But that we get our ear right down to the floor. And we hear the sound of heaven. And the sound of the Holy Ghost. The water is flowing. And the sound of that river, you'll hear it spiritually. You hear it. Jesus said, All things that the Father hath are mine. Therefore said I, that he shall take of mine and the Holy Spirit. That's why you need to sound this out. He'll reveal everything of what Jesus has done and who he is. And he'll reveal that all to you if you've got an ear to hear if you can get your ear unblocked with the things of the world, with the flesh, with sin, with unbelief, if they can be all blocked, you're going to hear what God is saying to you this morning. The heart of God, the heart of the Father is revealed to me through everything of what Jesus has done on the cross. And it's not by might nor by power, but it comes by the Spirit. And I need to hear this morning, Jesus what are you saying to me today? I need my ears on stop. to hear a word from heaven. They hear His healing voice. They hear His delivering voice. They hear that He's my provider. They hear that He will direct my path. They hear this morning that He's the reviver of my soul. They hear this morning that He's my soon and coming King. They hear this morning, get ready, because I'm coming. Discerning the voice. Of the Spirit. What was the sound of the trumpet here? If you turn over into Joel again, Joel chapter 2 and verse 12, this is what the sound was. Therefore also now saith the Lord, Turn ye, turn ye even to me with all your heart. Turn ye even to me with all of your heart with fasting, with weeping, with mourning, rend your heart, not your garments, and turn unto the Lord your God. Turn. Do you see what he's saying? He's saying, turn. He's saying, turn. Turn from your own way. The wicked way is any way but God's. Every other way is the wicked way. There's one way that's right. That's Jesus Christ. Every other way is the wicked way. There's one way. Jesus says, I am the way, the truth, and the life. And so he says, turn. That word simply means, in spiritual terms, to turn back to God. To turn back from evil. To turn back from your own way. To turn from wickedness. To turn from unbelief. To turn from selfishness. To turn from doing it in your own strength. To turn from everything of what it's become in our own strength, but turn back to God with all of our heart and say, God, would you forgive us? And what does it say? That he's rich in mercy. He's kind. He's slow to anger. This is the Father's heart this morning. It's not that he wants to beat us or to chase us with a stick. He's saying, turn to me, my people. This is in Zion. Turn on to me with all of your heart. I'll heal your wounds. I'll restore your soul. I'll revive you again. I'll put my joy in your heart. I'll give you a song of victory in the night hour. I'll come in all my glory. But you turn to me. Turn to me. That's the voice of the Spirit. That's the voice that the trumpet was blasting. And they understood and they discerned the voice of God. No, I'll carry on my own way. I'll do my thing. I'll live my way. I'll do this Christian thing the way I've been taught to do it through my tradition. I'll walk my own way. I want to tell you that's the wicked way. So often we'll say the wicked way is someone who's out in the bar getting drunk or someone sleeping around. Yes, that's a wicked way. But brothers and sisters, the wicked way is any way but God's. When we try to do it ourselves, the way of man will lead to death destruction our own flesh leaves us in trouble time and time again and God said, turn on to me turn to me and I will restore the years that the locusts have eaten turn to me and I'll revive you again turn to me I'll fill you with my joy and my love and so he cries the trumpet sound is turn there's many today and many teaching today That a Christian doesn't need to repent. It's not biblical. Just want to say it straight up. It's simply not biblical. They're contradicting Jesus himself. When Jesus spoke to five churches out of seven in Revelation, five of them, Ephesus, Pergamos, Thyatira, Sardis, and Laodicea, all five of them, Jesus says, repent. He called them back to to himself. They'd left their first love. they had tolerated doctrines of the Nicolaitans. They turned to things and suffered prophetesses that were seducing the servants of God. They were coming in. And they were bringing things into the house of God that grieved the Holy Spirit. He didn't find them that their works were always perfect. He found a church that was so filled with their blessings, with all their riches and all their goods. But he looked at them and said that you're naked and you're blind and you're actually poverty stricken spiritually. And he says, would you repent and come on to me? And I'll give you the faith that you need and I'll revive you again. And so brothers and sisters, when you hear the sound of repent, Be careful that you don't discern the voice of the Spirit and not the voice of a preacher. What is God saying? What is He speaking to His bride? There's a sound from heaven. And I would say to you this morning that it is unnoticed by most. And in some cases, it is heard, but it's not discerned. In other words, we can hear a message We can hear the sermon preached. We can even be touched or moved by the word or the message in the meeting. But we go through the double doors and we carry on as though we never heard it. And the Spirit of God is speaking for our lives to be right and to be ready for the coming of the Lord because we believe in the second soon return of Jesus Christ. And the churches won't preach it. Because they don't believe it. They might have a statement of faith that says it, but brothers and sisters, if we really want to see God move in this town and this land again, I believe that we together must turn to the Lord with all of our hearts. Say, God, we need a move of God in my heart. We need a revival in my heart, in my family, in our church, never mind all the rest of the churches. But we need revival. Lord, we rend our garment, our hearts, and say, God, come. Would you come? But the wicked way says, give me message, we'll carry on regardless just trumping through another few services a week, just going through the motions. Oh, God, deliver us from going through the motions. How we need a move of God where the altars are filled again with men and women weeping before God for a world that's going to hell and for a church that doesn't even care about it. Lord, stir our hearts again with the reality of the day in which we're living in there's a sign from heaven this morning and i wonder really who can discern the sign of heaven who can discern the voice of the lord who can discern the speaking voice how many people know he speaks Someone prayed it this morning that we don't serve a dead God, an idol, a rock, a stone, or a bit of wood. We serve the living God, Jesus Christ. And so God's speaking. Unsaved person, God's speaking. Saved person, God's speaking. He's a speaking God. Can you discern His voice? Some people say, well, God, speak to me. I want to tell you something. God will speak to every person in this room because God died for everyone. Jesus died on the cross for all. And he speaks. The watchman has a responsibility. He's a responsibility to blast the trumpet, the sound of that trumpet, In Ezekiel 33 and verse 4, this is what it says. Whosoever heareth the sound of the trumpet and taketh not the warning, if the sword come and taketh him away, his blood shall be upon his own head. He heard the sound of the trumpet and did not take the warning, and his blood shall be upon him. But he that taketh the warning shall deliver his soul. But if the watchman see the sword come, and blow not the trumpet, and the people be not warned, if the sword come and take any person from among them, he is taken away in his iniquity. But look what it says. But his blood will, re- will I require at the watchman's hand. His blood <clears throat> I'll require at the watchman's hand. Brothers and sisters, this morning on sea of person, I believe that the trumpet is sounding and clear and is always sounded clear from this pulpit. It's a clear gospel. It's a clear message. It's a clear sound that comes. Here's the frightening thing. Here is the thing that's so sobering for any of us who stand here and look down there and see faces and see heads, see people with their head between their knees, looking at ceilings, picking their nails, looking at their watch. Brothers and sisters, here is the frightening thing for us. The trumpet has sounded clear. That's the first thing I want to tell you. Not because we're anything great, we're not, but we do believe in preaching the truth, and the truth is God's word. And you hear it, whether it's a Sunday morning, a Sunday night, you hear it in a youth meeting or a children's meeting. You hear the trumpet sounding. You hear a clear, hear a clear gospel message. There's no waffle. It's just a clear gospel message. Jesus Christ is coming soon. There's a heaven, there's a hell. Jesus is coming and he's coming soon. They're forbidding now even for you to eat meat. A text comes through the other day. I don't know whether it's true, but it looks as though it is true that they're selling human flesh in a restaurant in New York. Listen to me this morning. I'm not going to go through all the rigmarole of what's happening. You need to open your eyes and look around you. We're living in the last moments of time. We're living there. You might be sitting here this morning thinking of all the great plans you have in your life. What you're going to do, where you're going to go, what house you're going to buy, what job you're going to have, who you're going to marry, everything, all your great plans. I want to tell you... In a moment, all those plans are going when Christ bursts through the clouds. The sound is clear because it has to be. Because there's too much waffle, even amongst churches today, concerning the things of God. Christ is coming and He's coming soon. And there's been a lot of voices and a lot of influences to try and veer you off the track. From hearing the still small voice of God, and the watchman has sounded a clear sign, because the sword's coming. The Bible talks about a sword coming from His mouth, the word of the Lord. It's coming, and if you can discern this morning the sign. The speaking voice, brothers and sisters. Paul writes that knowing the time. That now it is high time to awaken out of sleep. For now is our salvation nearer than when we believed. God, give us the ability to discern your voice. To discern the voice the speaking voice. The prophet sends the alarm amongst the people. Turn with all of your heart with weeping and fasting. Seek the Lord. Will he not come again? And will he not leave a blessing? What a God we serve that he wants to bless. Turn from your own way. Turn. let's discern the voice let us respond to the voice God help us today to walk in your way because he's coming like a thief in the night he's coming Lord we want to hear your voice we want to walk in your way we want to be ready has your ear been so clogged up believer with so many other things that you're not hearing him And yet he's speaking. This verse is so often preached at the gospel, you'll know what I'm going to say. Behold, I'm standing at the door and knock. Who's it to? It's to the church. Any man hear my voice? Anybody hear me? Anybody hear the voice of Jesus? Anybody? Now open the door, I'll come in, and we'll have communion. That's what he said. We want to walk with him, don't we? We want to have him to be everything in our lives. We want to discern the voice. Brothers and sisters, is he knocking today? Then open the door, let's turn from our own way. Let's get right with God. Let him in. Sinner friend this morning, you hear often clear and loud from this pulpit, from many different preachers. Knowing the time, can you pick it up? Knowing the time, knowing the time, knowing the time. Do you know what time it is? Do you know what time it is? It's time to get right with God. Today, if you hear his voice, don't harden your heart, but turn to him and he'll save you. Let's pray together this morning.